there, everyone, and welcome to What is Tech, the show for the technically curious and the technically furious, bringing you your weekly dose of technology you didn't know you wanted. On this week's episode, we're going to be taking a close look at the history of the cell phone, how it's changed over the years, and what are all the different components that make it work. Now, in today's age of technology, our cell phones have become our inseparable digital assistants. We take those things everywhere. When I'm heading out the door, I'm more likely to forget my car keys or my wallet than I am my phone. I feel like we've become so dependent on them, they might as well be considered an extra appendage. <laughs> but, but where did these magical boxes come from? How did they get their name? And how do they work? Well, as you can imagine, cell phones as we know them today only recently became smartphones but they've been around for a long time the first instance of mobile communication actually dates back to the 1940s but it looked way different in fact the first mobile phones were more akin to walkie-talkies than we would consider a cell phone today as technology evolved mobile communication really flourished Engineers over at a little company called American Telephone and Telegraph worked tirelessly to help push mobile communication to the next level. In pursuit of their goals, they designed a framework for communication in which your voice signals get relayed from your device to a central tower, and then that gets passed along to another tower until eventually it makes it to the person on the other end of the line. Each of these central towers services a large geographical area called a cell. Together, these cells make up a large cellular network, and the mobile phones that communicate over this cellular network are called cellular phones. But over the years, we shortened it down a little bit, just to call them cell phones, and the name stuck. Now, even though it was developed over 80 years ago, we still use this technology today, and without it, mobile communication as we know it wouldn't be possible. And if you're wondering why you haven't heard of the company that developed such an influential technology, well, turns out you have, but you probably recognize it better as AT&T. Now, the underlying technology that makes up these cellular networks gets pretty wild. I won't dive into all the details, but I think it's important to know some of the basics. Almost all wireless communication works on top of a little something called radio waves. A radio wave is an electromagnetic wave that usually gets propagated by some kind of antenna. Radio waves have different frequencies, and by tuning a radio receiver to a specific frequency, you can actually pick up a specific signal. Radio frequency technology powers mobile internet, Wi-Fi, AM and FM radio, Bluetooth, and a whole bunch of other things. Radio waves really do make the world go round. Now, at the beginning, mobile phones were few and far between. They were actually more of a novelty. It wasn't until 1973, thanks to Motorola, Hello, Moto that mobile phones began to be mass-produced. But I gotta tell you, they looked more like a weapon than a phone. These things were literally shaped like a brick, 
and they weighed a whopping 2.4 pounds. Good luck carrying that in your pocket. You can imagine the excitement Motorola must have felt when they were the first on the market. So what did Motorola do to celebrate? <laughs> well, one of their executives, Martin Cooper, used the phone to call up one of his rivals at Bell Labs to let them know the good news. <laughs> Talk about being petty. But I guess when you're the first of the market, you've earned some bragging rights. And luckily, we don't have to lug around a two-pound brick with us everywhere we go anymore. That's because between the 1970s and the 1990s, phones went through a heck of an evolution. And finally, in 1992, IBM introduced what many consider the world's first smartphone. Wait a minute. IBM? The same company that helped standardize the punch card computational paradigm is now making smartphones? Say what? Yeah, it seems IBM has been busy. Their smartphone, the Simon Personal Communicator, was the first phone that had a touchscreen. It was small, but it was there. It also had some smart abilities too, such as emailing, touchscreen applications, and of course, making telephone calls. Now, if you happen to have some bad reception, not to worry, because this phone actually had the ability to plug into a regular phone jack, so you can use it like a regular landline. IBM thought of everything. Although IBM's smartphone was good, there was another phone that fully embodied and permanently solidified the word smartphone. In January 2007, a man by the name of Steve Jobs introduced the world to the iPhone, and things would never be the same. In the beginning, cell phones might have looked and felt like a giant brick, but today, cell phones are literally miniature computers that can fit in our pockets. There's actually more technology packed into your smartphone than there was aboard Apollo 11 the spaceship that took us to the moon. Back in the second episode, we talked about all the different components that make up a computer. If you haven't heard it yet, be sure to check it out. But if you have heard it, some of these terms should sound familiar. A smartphone is made up of memory, permanent storage, battery, motherboard, the display, and usually a camera. There's also a little something called the SOC, or the SOC. Now, it wouldn't be much of a phone if you weren't able to make calls. So in addition to all that, it also has speakers, microphones, a modem, and a few antennas for things like cellular communication, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, GPS, and all that other good stuff. These phones are literally jam-packed. <laughs> Luckily, these things are just mini computers, right? So we're already halfway there to knowing how they work. The memory, storage, uh, battery, and motherboard all work the same way they do in a computer. The display and the camera, I feel, are pretty self-explanatory. But what is this SOC business all about? Well, SOC stands for System on a Chip. And basically, because smartphones have such a small form factor, Engineers decided to cram as much power as possible into a single chip. The single chip 
is essentially the brain of the smartphone. And it's comprised of several different components. Generally speaking, a system on a chip is made up of the following components. You have the central processing unit, or the CPU, which we know processes and executes instructions on a computer. In this case, it's processing and executing instructions on your smartphone. You have the GPU, or the graphics processing unit, which processes graphics, things uh, like the user interface or anything really that pops up on your display. And then you have the image processing unit, which converts data from the camera into image and video files. And finally, you have the modem, which converts wireless signals into something your phone can actually understand. Now, the modem is actually the piece of hardware that makes 4G and 5G internet possible on your phone. And probably the most mind-boggling thing about all this is that all of that happens on a little tiny chip, roughly the size of your thumbnail. That's, I can't, it's, it's incredible to me. And although the, all of the technology is phenomenal, we wouldn't really be able to call it a smartphone if we couldn't use it to make phone calls. So how does that process work? Well, when you make a phone call, your voice is first picked up by your microphone. It goes through the system on a chip, which converts your voice into a digital signal, think of it like a bunch of ones and zeros, and then sends it out to the antenna, where it is beamed out through the air. The signal then gets relayed to the nearest cell tower, where it is forwarded on in a continuous loop until it reaches the person you're talking to. The signal then gets converted from a digital signal to a voice pattern that is then sent through your recipient's speaker, and then they'll be able to hear your voice. And all of that happens instantaneously. You know, you have a conversation, you go back and forth, back and forth, and all of this is happening just in the background. Now, the same thing happens when you want to send a text message, except your input is taken from your virtual keyboard instead of your microphone. In fact, at any given time, even though we can't see them, there are thousands if not millions of ones and zeros just floating up around us, all above us, above our head, on their way to someone's smartphone. It's pretty crazy if you start to think about it. But that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, in a nutshell, smartphones are mobile communication devices that utilize cellular and broadband technology to send and receive signals, which can then be processed by the hardware and presented to you uh, visually in the display through audio from your speakers or both. In addition to this, there are other antennas on your smartphone that allow for things like the Wi-Fi connection and, and near frequency communication. But I don't want to have all the fun in one episode. So make sure to tune in next week where we'll spin off of this episode and explore how the heck Bluetooth works. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at whatistech.podcast to find some extra content related to the show. You can also find me on Twitter at whatistechshow. If you have any ideas for future shows, I'd really love to hear from you. And you can drop those suggestions at whatistech.suggestions at gmail.com. 
I hope you'll continue to explore the universe of technology with me and discover a different side of tech. Thanks for listening. Stay witty.